Hey, what is up, Center Church? Welcome to Church Online. I'm psyched to be here. I hope you are psyched to be here. We have a great service in store for you today. I have something that I got to tell you about before we get started, just really quick. We're going to take a little field trip over to my phone because guess what we're doing today? We actually have notes on the Version Bible app. So come with me and I'm gonna show you how to find them and how to use them. Let's go. Come all the way over here and I'm gonna grab my phone. And what I'm gonna do is, is I'm gonna open up the Bible app. So you can see there, the Bible app, okay? And when I get there, I'm gonna probably be on my homepage just like that. And then I'm going to click more and when I get to more, you're going to see a list and it's going to have everything in there, including events. So you're going to click on events. And once you get to events, you're going to search Center Church Spokane. So I'm going to type in Center Church Spokane. Once it pops up, you're going to see that there's a couple options. Now make sure you find Center Church Spokane and Pastor Kelly helpfully put the website on there as well. So you can know centerchurchonline.com. That is us. Once you click on that, you have access to all of the information you're going to need to keep a keep up and keep along with the notes today. In fact, later, if you really want to, you can even share this event to people or you can share the information so that you can print it. I know each and every one of you are going to be taking that with you this week. It's going to be that good. So jump on your Bible app, jump on your um, phone or the iPad or your Kindle or whatever you use your Bible app on and follow along today because we have a great service in store for you. Let's check it out. Hey, good morning. I'm so glad that you tuned in. Today we're going to look at an awesome, awesome leadership lesson from the life of Moses uh, found in the book of Exodus. Uh, right now is just a really strange time, as you're well aware in our culture. At my count, it's been about seven weeks since the schools closed in Washington State. And for a lot of us, that kind of marked the functional beginning of the coronavirus crisis. But now we've reached the stage where things are beginning to shift. We're, we still need to do our diligence. We still need to finish strong, but it appears as though we are beginning to go over the hump. And a lot of people lately have been talking about getting back to normal. I keep hearing that phrase, getting back to normal, but I just got to be honest with you. I'm actually hoping for something much better than just getting back to normal. Uh, for those of us that are part of Center Church and for those who are followers of Christ, I think we should consider getting back to normal. I think we should just consider that the baseline. I think we got to raise the bar and look for something better. Surely there's going to be ways, uh, challenges in getting our nation running again. But I'm hoping that you and I will lead the way, that followers of Christ will lead the way in terms of hope, in courage, in faith, in optimism, I'm hoping that we'll be on the leading edge of moving forward. There's a verse in the Bible, Job chapter 17, 9. It's become one of my favorite verses. It says, the righteous keep moving forward. In the original language that Job was written in, the implication is that the righteous take a firm hold of their journey. They won't be thrown off course. They're not, they're not going back no matter what comes. Those who, those who are thinking rightly those who are acting rightly, who are righteous, they keep moving forward. They're continuing down the path that God has them on no matter what. So today I want to share something with you from the life of Moses really quickly. 
that speaks directly to moving forward in times of crisis. Now, if that's not relevant to us, I, I can't even imagine what would be. We're past the initial shock of what's going on, and now we've got some realities to confront, but it's time to lead forward. We all have various leadership roles, whether it's in uh, a business or an organization or a community or in your own household or in your extended family. So if you have a Bible, uh, you can turn over to Exodus chapter 3. Uh, you can use the Bible app that Pastor Rick just talked about. Uh, but either way, we're going to be in the book of Exodus. And God speaks to Moses in chapter 3 regarding the plight of the nation of Israel. Uh, you might know the story. We sometimes refer to it as the burning bush. And this is what it says in Exodus 3 verse 7. It says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Now, I want you to notice the word misery. God, God has seen the misery of the people. They're in misery. Uh, in just a few days, after God has delivered them and they confront a new crisis, uh, they're, they're actually going to uh, forget that they were in misery. Their new crisis is actually going to skew their recollection of the past. So just remember that when the story starts, they're in misery. They're slaves in Egypt. Verse 10, a little farther down, God says to Moses, So now you must go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay, no big deal. I'll just go explain to Pharaoh that he needs to stop being mean, and then he'll let us go. Uh, Moses knows it's not going to be that simple. Uh, it's a big problem. And he's afraid. In fact, even though God is telling him clearly what to do, he's actually resisting God's instruction because he's so afraid. But God makes an incredible promise to Moses in verse 12. He says, Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. It's very similar to what Jesus said to all of his followers in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, his last words of his entire ministry, the promise that he would give his spirit, his presence, that we would receive power from God to carry out his plans for our life, to carry out his mission. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says that it is God who works in you. It's God who does the work to make you will and to act, giving you the desire and the motivation to will and to act according to his good purpose, to fulfill his plans for you. We don't have to rely on our power we can rely on his power. Just like Moses, God will be with you. So Moses returns. He goes back to Egypt and he confronts Pharaoh. And God does some incredible miracles. He, he demonstrates the fact that he is definitely with Moses. And through a phenomenal, miraculous sequence of events, uh, the Israelites are able to lead Egypt. Moses leads them out of captivity. They're leaving Egypt. They're headed towards Canaan, what they know as the promised land. And then Pharaoh changes his mind, and he sends his army after them. And, and the Israelites find themselves in a situation where they're pinned down between the Red Sea on one side and the Egyptian army coming after them on the other side. And in Exodus 14, we reach this scene where the people are terrified. A crisis has hit, and they're losing their collective minds. Now, keep in mind, God very explicitly is leading them somewhere. They all know it. God led them out of Egypt, and they're following him to the promised land. They didn't accidentally wander out. God miraculously acted on their behalf. 
And then a crisis hits. And watch what happens in Exodus 14.10. It says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? They get sarcastic with him. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. All of a sudden, a new crisis comes, and they get snarky. They get selfish. They probably start hoarding their toilet paper. They just lose their minds. And they say to Moses, why did you bring us out here? Didn't we try to tell you that we liked it in Egypt? You should leave us there. It's good in Egypt. That's not even close to what they said. Remember, they were in misery. But now they have a new crisis, and they're so flustered by it that it's actually skewed their perception, their recollection of what the past was actually like. In the past, they actually were begging God to save them. Now, let me ask you a question. Is fear of the unknown causing you to look back and just want to get back to what you had instead of going forward to what God has for you? Is the fear of the unknown doing that in your life? Is the discomfort of not having control, is it making you think smaller? Is it making you shrink the possibilities of what God could do in your life? Is it causing you to just try and preserve what you have? When we feel like we're out of control, that can happen. Is the loss of predictability about the future, is it causing you to turn away from God and turn toward the problem? Is fear having those kind of impact in your life? Well, in this moment, when the whole nation of Israel does this, Moses puts on an absolute clinic on crisis leadership that I think will help every single one of us as we face our own crisis of fear, but it will also help us lead others, calm them, help them redirect their thinking. So watch this. This is what Moses says to the people when they're all collectively freaking out. In verse 13, it says, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Three steps. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Watch with expectation. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Watch with expectation. If you're feeling uneasy, if you're feeling unsure, if you're feeling isolated or lonely, burdened, fearful, this is what I'm suggesting you do. Don't be afraid. It's the most commonly given instruction in the entire Bible. More than God tells his people to do or not do anything, he tells them, fear not. Don't be afraid. Secondly, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. I love the way Walt Disney said it. He said, if you believe in something, believe it all the way. There's no point in believing it if you don't believe it all the way. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. And lastly, watch with expectation. Expect great things from God. Expect that he's, gonna, he's going somewhere, that he's going to do good things. Expect that the future might just be even better, but regardless of what happens, it's secure within his hand. Now, listen, there's a lot of things in life that I don't understand. There are a countless number of things that I don't understand. For example, uh, we've reached the time of year, it's, it's May now. Uh, this is the time of year where the sun miraculously transforms my face from winter white to summer red. 
and it will stay that shade of summer red until the sun disappears again in the fall. Uh, now, there's biological reason for that, and I totally, I get it. I understand that part. This is what I don't understand. At the same time that the sun is turning my face an irrevocable shade of red, it will, at the same time, leave my legs completely untouched. They will stay virtually the same color of winter white all year round. Now, I'm sure there's a biological reason for that. I just don't know what it is. But I assure you, it's true. Now, here's the point I'm, I'm making. Silly example, but the fact that I don't understand it doesn't mean it isn't true. I promise you, it's true. The fact that I don't understand how it works doesn't mean that it doesn't work. In fact, my lack of understanding about how it works has absolutely zero bearing on whether or not it's true. The fact remains, regardless of whether I understand it. Now, a lot of people get stuck not trusting God, uh, missing out on the opportunity to live without fear, missing out on the opportunity to hand their fears and their anxieties over to Him and just live freely. A lot of times people get stuck not trusting God because they can't explain him. Now, if that's where you're at, I want you to know, uh, I, I, totally, I totally empathize with that. Uh, I, I get that. I, it makes sense to me where you're at. I'm a linear thinker. Show me the facts and I'll make a decision. So, so if you're stuck there, not trusting God because you can't explain what God is doing, I can appreciate that. But I also just want to point out the fact that trusting and understanding are not the same thing. I don't have to know in order to trust. Now, for example, I'm not an engineer, but I trust that this ceiling is not going to fall on my head. Uh, if I didn't trust that, I would act differently. Now, if I didn't believe that it was going to stay there, I would act differently. Namely, I would leave the room. Seeing God move us forward will not require us to explain everything he does. It won't require you to understand everything that he does. The Bible is clear about that. It's clear about the fact that what God desires from us, what he expects from us is faith. Not knowledge, faith. Now here's the big idea that I just, I just want to leave you with. I want you to, to get your head around and really just be able to rest in it, okay? Moving forward in God's plans for your life will not require you to be able to explain everything that God is doing. Moving forward won't require you to explain and understand everything that God is doing but it will require you to trust what God is doing. Believing that God will move us forward from this present struggle simply means for us acting as if that were true. Dallas Willard says it this way, to believe something is to act as if it were true. If I don't act as if it was true, I don't actually believe it. Moving forward will require us to trust God. So after Moses, uh, he gives the people these, these three simple instructions, and then this is what he says to them. He says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And guess what? That proved to be true. God intervened in their situations, and the Egyptians were never a problem to them again. Moses didn't explain what God was going to do. He didn't even necessarily understand what God was going to do. He just trusted God and then acted accordingly. Three action steps for moving forward from where you're at right now. Don't be afraid. Stand firm in your faith and watch with expectation for God to work. No matter what the situation says, we're moving forward. I love you guys. Have an awesome week.
Thanks, Pastor Kelly. That's awesome. And we are moving forward. There is no going back. In fact, I, I remember a conversation I had just a few weeks before this with one of my favorite people at the gym at AeroFit that I go to, Marcy. Marcy, I, I'm thinking about you. I miss you and the rest of the crew. And we talked to each other and we said, there is no going back. And that's true for all of us in this situation, regardless of where we are. We are moving forward. So let me just give you a couple of things that I want you to know. Uh, the biggest thing is, is continue to check out centerchurchonline.com. We are building uh, a robust library. That's right. I said robust. And uh, we're building a a resource um, metropolis. How about that one there? Uh, We're just trying to give you as much as we can for you to engage digitally until we can start gathering again. One of the pages that you should check out is if you're a parent, go to the kids page. We We are putting a ton of resources on there that we feel like are very valuable to you. One of them is the Bible app for kids. Uh, It's not our app, but you should go on there. You should figure out if you want to download it and download it. Uh, Another app that's really valuable is the Parent Queue. The Parent Queue will give you all kinds of information that you can talk to your kids about, including what we've put on the website are these crisis conversation guides. If you don't really know how to talk to your kids about what's going on, those guides are on there for you to do just that, to kind of lead you through a conversation. It also reminds you how many weeks you have left until your kids graduate high school. Let me tell you, even though my kids are still in elementary school, when it puts it in the perspective that I only have about 500 weeks left with them, that really makes me think, man, I better engage them. I better not let this opportunity pass me by. Other things that you can find on there. We started a Center Kids Pinterest board. Uh, Thea has been working on that, giving you all kinds of uh, activities, outdoor, indoor, cooking, games, Bible verse memory, that kind of stuff. Uh, Go on and check that out. Not to mention, we also are putting a weekly online service to engage your kids as well. So check out the website, go to our social media, tell us what's going on in your life. Send us a picture of what's going on in your life. We want to see you. We want to hear from you. And we look forward to engaging with you in the upcoming weeks. Blessings. Have a great week.